0: Welcome back to the X-Files podcast by LSG Media. I'm Dean. I'm Josh. And on this week's episode, we bring you season one, episode 15, Lazarus. Let's dive right into old St. Lazarus here.
1: Yeah, let's. I mean,
0: we're here. It's the, what, 15th episode of the first season?
1: This is number 15. Oh, you know what?
0: House cleaning. Can I do a little house cleaning? Yeah. So house cleaning. Um, we do have... Um, uh, this is something you and I talked about before, and, I've, and I'm finally starting to commit myself uh, some resources to completing this project. But I did want to let people know that if you are a member of the LSG Media Illuminati, that you can now access tombs the host dwayne barry in ascension early um and you know to be perfectly frank it's not super early because once they were available for public consumption right up until we made a conscious decision to go back and do this show in order and uh this idea maybe was pitched by ben prue yep so we are trying to commit to that again we can only put so many per month without stifling the bandwidth allowed on that particular bonus feed so Just to reiterate, the first season, so, you know, season 1, episode 21, Tombs, then season 2, episode 2, The Hosts, season 2, episode 5, Dwayne Barry, season 2, episode 6, Ascension are all available on the bonus feed now. And you have to scroll to the beginning of that bonus feed because I didn't want them to interrupt the flow of new release bonus content because not everybody, sadly, cares about the X-Files. So you can get them on there. You just got to scroll to the beginning of that you know, before those numbered episodes. So before the Dungeons and Dragons commentary episode, which you should definitely listen to, um, the second one would be Heat. Uh, so go in there, and that's where you'll find them. So back to Lazarus. Lazar. Fuck, man.
1: Lazarus. Thanks. Lazarus. Lazarus. <laughs> With a T-H. <laughs> Guy kind of, is it's Lazarus. Going, awesome. b- going back to my early middle school speech therapy days. There you go. Lazarus. Lazarus. Dude,
0: um, this episode is, it's a little weird, man.
1: Yeah, it's weird. Did you, um, let me ask you first, did you have any kind of, uh, what was Dean's X-Files memory going to this one, and then how did it feel going through it, where you kind of...
0: Um, I seem to remember being kind of forgettable, but I seem to also remember liking the part of this episode that was very much like the film Fallen with Denzel Washington, which, of course, we covered on the Science Fiction Film Podcast. Plug! Um, Which was the idea of this entity hopping between bodies. But this one, and that came out in 1998, by the way, so four years after this. But this was a little bit different. It was more like a personality jumped And I thought that the idea of that was actually kind of neat. And I will say this. I didn't remember how this episode ended. And I remember thinking to myself at about the halfway point, I remember thinking, you guys have really written yourselves into a pickle here. How are you going to get rid of, how are you going to get rid of um, Jack Willis? I didn't know how they're going to do it.
1: Jack Willis or Dupree or Or both?
0: Jack Willis inhabited by Dupree. Okay. I thought, you're fucked, X-Files. You're fucked. You're going to have to kill him, but I don't know how you're going to kill him. Do you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: Weird, right? Yeah. Played by Christopher Allport. And do you want to hear something depressing? Uh, He's dead. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Ten years dead.
1: Ten years?
0: He was only 60.
1: Well, he did... As Scully said, he was intense. He had a hard time relaxing.
0: I guess. Jesus, that should be a lesson to all of us.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Probably well, don't have three jobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah,
1: man. Well, I'll tell you, man. This, this one, uh, never one that comes quickly to mind when I think about X-Files. Not even when I hone in on like X-Files Season 1. Um, Even to the point where... A couple of these have come up where I'm like, man, I've seen the season a ton of times. I started and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I remember this one. But then details kind of like, wait, duh, is, is there still some Jack in him? Like, mm-hmm. I can't remember. Like, is there like there were a couple of things that kind of kind of browned out as I watched it, which made it a little bit more enjoyable because I, yeah. I didn't remember every little beat of it. Um, I have to say. I enjoyed this one more than I expected. There were some things about this. There were a couple things I remember liking, um, which I think I remembered I mentioned last episode, um, that I really liked Scully in this episode. I remembered that. I remember liking her her denial when it got to the point of almost ludicrous when she mm. was still like defending it and and putting that character in that situation. I remember really liking that. Um, And I I just like that this guy's performance. He's good. And I like this. uh, There are moments. There's some things I didn't remember. So there's some moments in this episode that I actually thought were filmed with like a crazy like evil dead horror cam kind of thing.
0: Sure. Yeah. Like I know some, I, there's one very in particular shot that's evil that horror can. Oh
1: my god, when he's when Jack Wallace is like way close to the camera. Yes. Like 100%. his face is right in the camera. That's the and, one. Yeah. And it's very very Sam Raimi.
0: Um Sure. David and, Nutter's a great director.
1: Yeah. So, there were some cool cool moments to this and there were some things I really liked. There are some goofiness of the plot, but I do really like it's definitely a Scully episode. Mm-hmm. Um, then again, the cool, Mulder's in the background, but what's cool is that even though it's a Scully episode as far as emotionally character driven, we really get to see some competence from Mulder that hasn't always been displayed early on in the, in the, uh, in the series here. Interesting. We get to see him being a good fucking FBI agent.
0: You know, it's funny that you say that. There's, and, 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 and I think this will probably make for a good conversation, there's a couple of moments in this episode where I thought, why did he jump to that conclusion so suddenly? There's two moments.
1: All right. Let's, let's, let's say those. I don't remember them,
0: them, but they're in my notes. But uh, and I And I, do, I know I say this every time, and I suck it off a lot. I'm just like, you <laughs> mm-hmm, like that, right? But David Nutter is uh, the director for the episode Reigns of the Castamere, which I know you don't watch Game of Thrones, but you know the episode in question because it's about the Red Wedding, and it's incredibly good. Yep. And uh, he's done yeah. Banner Brothers and shit too. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's done he's The Pacific. The brothers. <clears throat> he's done a bunch of shit. He's awesome. He's good at directing. Yep. Um Yeah, you know, I definitely would say that I watched this episode and I thought, wow, there is a lot of things happening because one of the things, one of the off balancing things about this episode is that it's like a body swap horror, but there's also this dramatic thing. And then there's also like this hostage negotiation thing. And I was like, wow, this is kind of weird the way all these things happen. And I don't know if that threw me off a little bit with it. The fact that there was many facets to it, um, but the Mulder stuff is going to be interesting because I'm curious as to what you have to say. Obviously, I respect your, I respect your. Um, what am I trying to say? Your interpretation. So I'm curious as to what you're going to say because I have. I just thought of a third point about Mulder that I was like, ah, yikes. <laughs> um, but we'll talk about that as we go through. Um, it definitely, you know, I, I thought about this guy, uh, this gentleman, Jack Willis, Christopher Allport and you know you're absolutely right he has a very good performance here but what i think what i think maybe is one of the reasons where we go uh eh, like that when we think of this episode is is it is it because he lacks he's so not charming that he's difficult to like
1: that, that's a good point
0: Ma- maybe at, well i could also be putting a false premise forward you might think he's quite likable i'm saying maybe to me He's not particularly likable despite having a good performance, which makes it hard to sympathize with him. So you're really kind of sympathizing with him by proxy through Dana Scully, of course, Julian Anderson's performance. You know what I'm saying?
1: I think that's very fair. I think, uh, and honestly, I think, obviously when he's inhabited by by the spirit of Warren Dupree, um, whether entirely or partially, um, but not just that, You know, Jack Willis himself is not that easy to like. It's true. You know what I mean? Sure. So you're right in that you're putting the antagonist of the episode who should, if you kind of storyboard this, you want this to be a sympathetic character because it's a a quote-unquote good guy that's kind of taken over by a bad guy that maybe has some semblance of that good guy still in him. So you want to connect and root for... That good guy to to come through to win out to whatever but but really, 100%. I guess yeah, you're rooting for Scully because of because of her, because Gillian Anderson's performance, she's and great because of her like emotional connection, and this is the first time also that we've seen any kind of emotional um well romantic backstory to yeah to Scully. And she plays it well, she um, does. you know.
0: Here's, here is one of the things I definitely will praise the episode for, and that's the start of the episode. I love the way this episode opens, dude. They go right to the bank in media res on a stakeout. That's fucking cool. Yeah. I dug that. I was like, whoa, I've never, they're in the middle of the fucking thing already, right? Aren't, I, they, aren't they actually staking out the bank? They're not, there, they're there working, right?
1: Well, 100%. Yeah,
0: I dug that. I actually liked that opening.
1: I, I really like, whoa, do, whoa. too. But you know what? We're going to have to go. What's We're going to have to go to Josh and Dean's stack corner.
0: Oh, Jesus Christ. There's some issues in this episode. <laughs> Trainee Martin. There's some right. issues here,
1: and then there's issues at the end, dude. The, well, these, I think these issues are insanely, are you, insanely higher than the end of the episode. Are you talking
0: about why he didn't murder the guy that had a 12-gauge Lord at him?
1: I'm talking about a few things.
0: I mean, that's, the, that's immediately of concern to me.
1: First and foremost, Trainee Martin, all right, please wait your turn to speak <laughs> while the instructor is speaking. <laughs> you are uh, <clears throat> tasked with conducting a stakeout um, to apprehend a highly wanted pair of bank robbers that are also have seven murders to their account. They are <laughs> sloppy aggressive, with a wanton disrespect for life. Um, We have it on good, extremely good inside information that they will be hitting this bank on this day. Talk me through how you set up your assets inside the bank or outside or both. I assume you're going to use all your resources.
0: 100% both. Well, the first thing I would do is I would probably have more than two people involved.
1: Well, so now you're Am I talking allowed about... allowed to have more than two people in this particular scenario? You're really wasting a lot of resources and <laughs> also risking well, you tipping might as well your go hand. Well, you might as well your go hand. from
0: seven dead to nine dead if we're just going to put two, two offices on
1: it. All right, well, you're tipping your hand a bit if you're trying to involve a whole bunch of people. I mean, there's only two of them. Do you need more than two FBI agents? Probably. Yeah, well, okay, well... Uh, I mean... <laughs> I'm going to just put this check on this part on the sheet and let's move on okay
0: so probably want
1: a tack team all right well you put in that requisition and eh, we're just gonna we're just gonna put that over here so let's say you don't get your tack team you get two Mm -hmm. um how do you array yourself i you know are you gonna are you gonna be a pussy and ask for body armor course. You're not. you not. Oh, God. <laughs> God, these people. You want body armor? Come on. Yeah,
0: I definitely want body armor. I bet armor. you
1: want more than a fucking nine mil, too, huh?
0: Yeah, probably. You I know, mean, if two people are responsible for killing seven, my assumption is that they have some proficiency.
1: Well, all right. You know what? We're just going to wrap this up here, and I'm going to give you a little debrief, okay? Uh, we're going to use this as a learning lesson. All you need is two well-trained agents. Uh, what you don't want to do is cause panic. So don't let anyone on the bank staff know that this could be happening. You don't want to let them know a robbery could happen. You don't want to alarm anybody, okay? We're here to protect the peace, not to, you know, rattle the boat. So don't tell anybody what's going on. Um, you certainly don't want any kind of body armor or extra protection, A, yeah, the other guys kind of look at you like you're puss, you know what I mean, if you ask for that kind of stuff. <laughs> Secondly, you know, maybe, maybe you betray yourself a little bit, look a little heavier. Also, stick with the smallest firearm possible and keep it in the most remote location. If you, if you do a ankle holster, that's great, if not inside the waistband, maybe. And you certainly don't want the outside assets, okay? <laughs> what you want is two people... Just a couple people with a couple pistols just hanging out. That's that's low-key. That's precision. Shouldn't they have been arrested in the car? <laughs> it's fucking insane. I had... <laughs> um, it did cause me, like... I came to like this episode a lot more than I think, but, man, the fun, <laughs> this setup... And despite the, like, oh, this is cool, like the immediate res thing, it was like this is a outrageous way to start this whole fucking... You're going to stake out like this?
0: Right, right.
1: He's not wearing body armor. They're going to let a guy that they know probably by MO runs in with a shotgun or a fucking AR or something like that. And then what? Wait till till he takes charge. So like you get down on the ground and then you're just going to go for your gun after that (laughs) and have no assets outside the bank. Yes. It's fucking crazy.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I like the idea of them opening the, the episode ready for something to go down. I thought that was just cool. Definitely. Upon uh, closer inspection, as you're noting, sure. <laughs> should, if you know these guys are coming to this bank and you have the intelligence that they're coming to this bank, they should be being arrested right now because they're literally across the street. By the way, two very well-fed and attractive bankers. bank yeah. Why are they robbing banks?
1: <laughs> Why little, is she a bank robber? Yeah, she's a little weathered.
0: She is, but. She
1: was really good looking I mean, seven years ago. The but don't she look is. like
0: Mama Cass or
1: anything. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but but I guess, I mean, I guess in a way, maybe they need them. I mean, if they just roll up and you arrest them in the car, that's probably just like possession of a firearm or whatever, unless you have them, like a warrant. Unless we warrant. have
0: images of them, yeah.
1: Yeah. But yeah, at the minimum, attack team, like maybe inside the bank, in the office, outside the bank, definitely have the car on lockdown. Mm hmm. But I guess part of it too—you need her to get away, story-wise. So,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: But anyway, it's a cool setup from a dramatic perspective for right. sure.
0: The uh, I like the uh, the heat mask kind of thing he's wearing. Yeah, but so here's the thing: I don't understand when the guy whirls on you with a 12 gauge. Don't you open fire at that point?
1: Uh, yeah, unless you're Canadian, those Canadian police officers. I mean, there's strength. no
0: fucking way.
1: But in America, that dude is. If that dude was smoked. black,
0: he would have been lit up coming in. <laughs> I mean, let's get rid. Not
1: even with a gun. Just, That's
0: what I'm saying. He's like, dude, I'm just trying to open a checking. Just account. entering a fuck? bank in Midtown. And this guy whirls with a 12 gauge lowered at you from about 30 feet away. He's gonna yeah. blow your guts out. First, of and
1: time. also he lowers the gun all the way down and then gets it up and gets a shot off. And you have two guns drawn in him Yeah, and yeah. you Can't it's get rough. one off. Before I hate you. that part. Whatever.
0: Robbery pops off, 12-gauge. Jack's pretty fucked because he gets smashed. Scully wastes the bad guy with, with her gun without kind of looking. It's kind of weird. <laughs> um, and we go right to the hospital where we try to resuscitate good old oh, Jack. Come on, Jack. Pull through. And uh, we get this interesting moment where we're hitting him with the paddles, and we see the other dude, uh, Dupree, who's in the room next to him,
1: getting the little jolts. Yeah, I like this a lot. Pretty cool, huh? That was cool. This whole creepy moment shit. is cool. Despite it's another like defibrillators don't work like this. You don't <laughs> use exactly. them. You don't use them when the heart stops. That's not <laughs> how this works. <laughs> Should be doing CPR, but the, the dramatic effect and Scully like taking charge of the ER, even if it's like a little like, like the, all these people just listen to her. Cause she's like, I'm a doctor. Isn't that chick? Like, well, fuck you. I am too. And this is my ER. Yeah. But, but, she she fucking wraps her shit and she's invested and they do what she says and a few times later uh, they get a heartbeat back and I do really like that effect in the background of uh, Dupree like bumping up and down like pulsing with the with the shocks sure but what confused me before and still confuses me is the the tattoo right mm. the mm. the the arm drops down. And it really zooms in on the tattoo. And then it's going to come back again later. Is that, like, what is the point? Is it just like a visual?
0: I think so. I think Carmelita, was it Carmelita?
1: Uh,
0: maybe. I believe she said that it's. it seems to be, no, 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 it was Jesse Wheeler. She says, I think it was the tattoo magically appearing in, uh, wait, no, no, no. It wasn't her. I thought it was Carmelita. Disappearing, we tattoo is a weird touch. My guess, they wanted a visual way to show the transfer of consciousness, and they couldn't come up with anything better. That's Carmelita in response to Ben on the on the on the uh, group chat, and I think she's onto something there.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think you, you get it though from the episode. Yeah, I really don't think tattoo was necessary, and for a moment, it actually briefly confused me to a later episode that involves a tattoo and went yeah. went out a writer.
0: Yeah, also. Just for point of order, uh, I think you do use defib on cardiac arrest.
1: Uh, My EMT has expired, but I was an EMT, and as far as I know, that shit doesn't work. If your heart is not literally stopped, Mm -hmm. it's a defibrillator. So fibrillation is like a- That's a heart attack. Yeah, it's people an erratic- confuse
0: heart attack and, and cardiac arrest all the time.
1: Right, so like in AED, like that shit you see hanging up in like public spaces and shit mm-hmm. like that. You put those tags on there, and what it's doing is it's looking it for analyzes. those rhythms to yep. say like because I think a defibrillator actually like kind of stops your heart for a second. To try to get it back into a correct rhythm. I might be wrong. I'm not a fucking I
0: know that D I know that I know that when you I know that when you are experiencing a heart attack, that cardiac arrest is a possibility. Um but a lot of times people have heart attacks and they're conscious they can talk while having a heart attack.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. This isn't yeah, this is I and mean, the flat line is a flat line and that's not I don't think that's when you would ever use one. I think.
0: Yeah, I thought, I thought you did, but I could be wrong. I just know that when, like every year I have to get certified. Not, not EMT, so it's not as sufficient, but it is like CPR certification and AED. And we were told that we have to put the thing— If somebody goes into cardiac arrest, or, or if, if somebody's unresponsive and you're, and you're not getting a heartbeat, because you, what you would never do is use the auto the AED on somebody conscious—
1: Right. Well, you put it on there and it's that thing is kind of It dummy analyzes. Proof. It and tells then it's like, you, yeah. like, yes, the, go or not go.
0: It says stand away, initiating shock, initiating shock, continue yeah. CPR. And, and you do CPR while the thing is on. Obviously, you're trying to circulate the blood, right? I get that
1: part. Yeah. Circulate blood, get oxygen. You're supposed to be doing both, I think, at the same time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Two blows per 30.
1: We should probably start a medical podcast. Cause 30, 30
0: compressions and two, <laughs> two blows, I think, is the way it goes. Um, anyway, whatever. But um, I guess I should probably re up. I think I'm up in May or next May or something. <laughs> I'm well, already
1: expired, so that's <laughs> probably showing. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, they fucking get old Jackie boy back. Old Jackie boy's back. And there's just that loomy little tattoo shot. And then the next thing we know, it's two days later.
0: Two days later.
1: And Jack ding, 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 fucking Lazarus is himself out of bed. He sure does. Oh, lazy!
0: He's like, I I'm do, out of here. <clears throat> by the I way, do. shot with a 12 gauge. Two days later, he's like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the injury never really nags him.
1: <laughs> no, but his
0: diabetes does. So <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's good to know. We know who the real killer is.
0: Yeah, not 12 gauge shotguns in the belly.
1: Coca Cola.
0: Coca fucking cola. It's <laughs> a good ad, by the way. But he's like, he, "Yeah, I'm out of here."
1: He does bleed through his shirt at one point. I guess they at least acknowledge it. They,
0: recently. oh yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> They're like, you're "Oh,
1: right. you're bleeding." <laughs> uh, cool. <laughs> but I I like how long I do like the reveal here. I mean, you kind of already know sort of is the audience like something funky is happening, but I like the the little bit of time it takes, like how he gets up and he just like rolls out of the room Damn, and then you. he's in, like, somebody else's room. He's putting on their clothes. And then he's hiding, like, in the bathroom with a fucking, Dude. like, a rubber tube. In his wait, sweater,
0: he's going to strangle. Wait,
1: he's going to <laughs> He's going to choke out that nurse.
0: That's the moment we go, wait a second. Why is he,
1: uh, shouldn't you say, like, I'm Agent Jack Willis? Yeah, but then he looks in the mirror. He has a little flashback. Mm. And I, honestly, like, the flashbacks are more than enough. Like, you don't need the tattoo, also, you probably read right about that. The flashback actually. and how he like looks close in the mirror. He's like touching his own face. Mm-hmm. This is all good stuff out of him. Yep, I like it a lot, Mister um, Alport. And I like how you can kind of get his mental process. Like, okay, he's looking at himself in the mirror. This person that's not himself. The next cut, like immediately, no, no waiting, right mm. to the morgue. That's like, okay, like this person is making some assumptions, taking action, finds his own body. It makes sense because you, what you want
0: to do here is you want to be able to have the viewer think, what would
1: I do? Yeah, if I was a psychotic. um,
0: Right, you'd be like, what the fuck is going on right now? You'd probably think you were in a dream and, and wondering what's going on. I mean, what happens in that moment when you
1: realize it? Yeah, well, he remembers shooting that guy and being shot, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's what we get from the flashback. So mm-hmm. he goes to the morgue, and he finds his own body. Yes. And then pretty coldly... Old surgical snips? Yeah, like just yeah. racks that arm, bends that up, try, can't get the wedding ring off, and goes for the old <laughs> snipper rippers. <laughs>
0: Mm, he can come to my house and do the hedges next. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what I like about this episode, and it should be stated here: the I love the use of the timpani, which you know Mark Snow doesn't use it a lot, and uh, a movie that uses it very effectively in this similar fashion is The Shining.
1: Is that because- the, old, the old spider sound?
0: No, that's, that's the plucking of the strings on a violin. That
1: plink, clink, 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 clink. Oh. The timpani
0: is this big dual drum, and it has a foot pedal. And the foot pedal changes the pitch. It goes, like they, they pound the drum, and, it, and the pitch comes up, and it comes down. And it, and it gives you almost like a, ooh, like what's going on here? You're, it's like a drunken kind of feeling. And I just thought it was used, you, you hear it a lot in The Shining as Jack starts to lose his fucking mind. And it's used effectively as hell here. You don't always have to use him for that effect. Like they, you hear him in Star Wars all the time. But in this, it's cool. It's just, you know, it's, it's like he's kind of tilt a whirling, like out of his fucking mind. And I was like, yes, that's oh, perfect. It's like that. so cool. Nice. Shining shit, man. But uh,
1: yeah, he takes his wedding ring, takes his wedding ring. And then our next, uh, next spot here is in the morgue. Still, Scully's there. Mm-hmm. Other police, FBI around. Mulder shows up.
0: He does. They discussed mutilation. Dupree's body uh, has Jack's prints on it. That's weird. Scully basically says that he was obsessed, perhaps post-trauma
1: psychosis. Not just his body. The snips have his prints on them. Right. So this FBI agent has recovered, apparently, miraculously, disappeared. Nobody's heard from him in 12 hours, and then cut off the fingers of this fucking dude this criminal that he was obsessed with. Post-trauma psychosis, bro. Sure. Okay. That's what always happens. Let's look, let me uh, let me look over this case file here. Now, tell me about did you Lula, find it? Lula Phillips? Scholar. Lula
0: Phillips. Uh, well, she did. Uh, she did a dime, brother, for manslaughter. <laughs> and uh, well, yeah. So, it's at that point where you just arrest him outside, right?
1: <laughs> I, I think so. <laughs> she did a... Di- uh, but we find out about her and about our dead guy, Mr. Warren Dupree. Torrid romance. Toward romance between a... Uh, <clears throat> formerly pretty, now extremely aggressive, weathered, and uh, violent-looking lady...
0: Yeah, she was released a week prior to a murder robbery at a bank. Coincidence? I think not.
1: The old classic prison guard female prisoner romance. And that's a, uh, that's a,
0: that's a classic. classic.
1: I think I have that porn. Ever since, uh, <laughs> ever since then, they've killed seven people and stolen $100,000. Modern day Bonnie and Clyde, you'd say. Not a great ratio. Mm. If I'm going to be killing people, I better get more than fifteen k a pop. I think so too. That's pretty bad ratio.
0: Yeah, but if you're robbing banks, that makes sense. Yeah, because they don't have that heat skill, man. You don't get much out of them banks nowadays. Well, nowadays, yeah, you get, a, pretty... you get a couple grand, and there's a ton of fake money. They just hand them over the fake money. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking crazy.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah, well. We just got a heart in the chat right when I said seven murders and $100,000. I don't know what that, uh, what that really meant. I think she said it was poorly timed. <laughs> that's <a> great. <laughs> but join us next time in the live chat. Um, yeah. LibertyStreetGeek.net slash live.
0: You should do that. You know, Mulder notes that they were married last May. I mean, that's adorable. So what? Well, so I don't think this was a regular slice and dice mutilation. He wanted to get out that wedding ring. Okay. Mulder immediately goes to consciousness swap because he's Mulder.
1: <laughs> it's, it's, a <laughs> l- <laughs> it's a little nervous stretch.
0: One. It's the first leap. There's two.
1: <clears throat> well, I don't think he's immediately thinking that now. He's no. thinking the significance of why he was cutting the fingers off. I th- mm. I'm going to give him this one as not crazy Mulder. Okay. He's like, okay, this guy didn't just cut fingers off. He cut the wedding ring finger off to get the wedding ring.
0: Right. He doesn't look like he's extremely confident in this decision just yet before we cut over to Jack punching out the window. And by window, I mean window. Yeah, door window. Yeah. He goes to what I assume is a safe house. He calls out for Lula. He refers to her as baby. Anybody here? Baby. He checks the money stash in the chimney. Oh, no, that's gone. And the tattoo starts appearing on his hand, well, arm, whatever. Very necessary. Very Don't like nice the system.
1: tattoo.
0: Yeah, it's kind of dumb. Not much though. We go back to thumbprint analysis.
1: Yeah, and now maybe I gotta bite back on my words because not much has happened between now and then. I guess Muller's seen a little bit more evidence. Hmm. He's gotten the prints.
0: Um, he goes right to the bifurcated print suggesting a right handed um, suggesting that that Patrick is right handed. I checked his pistol grip. You went to the armory? <laughs> Holy shit, man. He's hot on the, he's hot to trot already on this, on this yeah. idea, right? He yep. was using his left hand. Dupree was left-handed according to surveillance video at the bank, which I'm sure he went immediately to look at. And then Mulder goes to ask Scully about the EKG, and he says, well, what does it look like? And she says, two heartbeats.
1: Two hearts beat as one.
0: Nice. Um,
1: um, yeah, that is cool. Visually. Like, really cool. And the fact that he kind of like makes her, yeah, like makes her say it. He's She's not the the like medically admitting it. She's like, he's like, but what does it look like?
0: Eleven minutes in, licked. Yeah, but I like the <laughs> uh, I like the cardiac cardiac arrest at the same time. Shit, that's wild. Both men technically dead at the same time. Two men died. And the only man came back. The question is, which one?
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Another good point, also from the chat. uh, The word bifurcated was used in the episode for Matthew Anderson. Drink, drink. Good word. Yep, those uh, those fingers were bifurcated. Mm -hmm. Um, Two branches,
0: forks, as it were.
1: Talk to me about Dr. Barnes. Are you already getting into that? Um. Yes, I really want to talk
0: about Dr. Barnes. Where did you dig up that old fossil? (laughs) 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 <laughs> 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 look kid ancient religions and <laughs> hokey weapons is no match for a good blaster at your side but no do you know what he says he says the following do you know that half of the people that have had near death experiences can no longer wear a watch because the electrical impulses
1: Josh take
0: notes in their bodies renders their watches inoperable do you know that
1: Do you know that I'm a real doctor according to the University of Cheyenne online?
0: Hell yes. (laughs) That's so awesome. You and Wild Bill Hickok?
1: Yeah, and Dr. Barnes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm not going to lie. They sent me into an NDE rabbit hole.
1: Oh, boy. Really?
0: Oh, there's plenty to read about NDE.
1: (laughs) Oh, shit.
0: But it's funny. You know, there's a lot of wackadoos out there on NDE. And, and and I like how Scully is totally stumped by the idea of NDE, which we do know now that a lot of times in a near death experience, your body will dump the chemical known as DMT, which a lot of people smoke for hallucinogenic qualities. I guess your body does like a DMT dump in these near death experiences, and it can cause pretty intense hallucinatory effects, or maybe not, depending on what you believe. Uh, but I thought it was it's it's a big rabbit hole NDE. It's it's not it's not worth going off on a 20 minute tangent about, but I was like, wow, this is crazy. There's forums for people who've had NDEs, people who discuss NDE situations, near death experience. If you don't know, if you haven't watched the episode in a while, um, but, but to Varnes's point, he says something along the lines of in the process of dying, there's a window of time, Joshua, in which the body is vulnerable, right?
1: Vulnerable to what?
0: Well, I'm going to tell you right now. Once upon a time, there was a pilot, Josh, he got visions, He's making love to his wife in strange places and strange ways, right? He's like, I've never done the upside-down piano with my wife. I've never done the old landing elephant. What's this? Turns out that one of the other passengers on the plane that died, and he didn't, a dead one. Gave his wife the angry spider. Gave his wife the angry spider, dude. Right? Yeah. Yeah. My Truth ectoplasmic lover from the <laughs>
1: other side, he knew I'd understand. And you know what was funny? <laughs> what I thought here was like, watching it this time, I'm like, well, that's not really the same thing. And maybe it's okay that it's not an exact corollary because there you have a, per- a person who had a near death experience, mm-hmm. re- returned to his body, was himself, but had these visions of another person. But as the episode plays out, what you have is actually the exact opposite. Right. Which is which is kind of cool. It's just kind of... It's a great point. I've never thought one about thing that. I, one thing I do like about this episode is that it keeps the... Obviously, the fact that Warren Dupree is back in this body is not vague. It's not an unknown. Mm-hmm. But how it works and how much of Jack is in him and how this whole thing transpires is kind of vague. And I actually... That's one of my favorite part about the... X file ishness of this episode. I really like that that element that it is kind of like a like how much is there? How does this whole thing work and how is it's really fleshed out? Yeah. I like
0: it. I like it. It's a good point. Um I mean he strangled somebody for fucking his wife and he strangled her with an extension cord.
1: Well, that's probably close by. It works. <laughs> It'd be a mic cord in my house. You know it's a good move for that. That that gets you murdered in the second. Yeah, but you know what, dude? Because you don't want to be playing it.
0: You're gonna you just... you're gonna trade your life for a cheating wife. I always don't. I never understand that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. You, you don't trade your you don't trade your life for you don't you never trade your life for cheating wife. Never. That's a... you just go. Wow, this is slam dunk in court.
1: You can make that the next T-shirt on the.
0: <laughs> never trade your life for cheating <laughs> wife. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 Liberty Street Kid. <laughs>
0: I mean, it um, depends. If I mean,
1: you, you, although to be fair, I have a couple buddies who have gone to court with a cheating wife and have gotten fucking completely run through the ringer. So
0: yeah, well, is it a mask? there's no shock there?
1: Yeah, hashtag me too.
0: No shit, huh? Yeah, that's rough. Now the only exception you make is if is if like your if like not abusive,
1: pa- not abusive. No,
0: I mean the only the only exception you make is if somebody's. If somebody like if one of your buddies is fucking your wife, because then that guy's got to go. Because that's, yeah, just, but, a, that's just a that's just a real primal thing. That yeah. that's just a well, I you know you, you have to remind people
1: that you're willing to salt the earth every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's different. I know. I, I just listened to your Doctor Strange episode, and I had the, <laughs> when, uh, when I when hope the question I didn't, came I hope up, I didn't upset you. That was my exact same answer. Of course, oh, I launched hell all the yeah, mirrors. Of course, I launched them all. Fuck them. I'm not gonna lose, right?
0: We're both losing.
1: That's you can't, fine. you can't <laughs> let that fucking aggression go unchecked. <laughs> I this mean, aggression can't, uh, <laughs> cannot stand, dude. I mean,
0: I, I'll be honest with you. Nobody really likes losing, and 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 I particularly don't. But I lose all the time. You know, like I'm okay with it. I more get you- angry with myself than anything. I but,
1: I dislike losing a lot more than I like winning. So I will fucking put a hundred nukes up your ass
0: if you yeah yeah start that. Game. Well, that's just the, well, that's just the principle of the matter. Yeah, like no, the the idea is that you you will remember that the, you've made a terrible mistake even if you win.
1: And so all the mutated survivors of your right of your nation,
0: they're all going up. They're all going up. Anyway, yeah, Lazarus is uh, going to go visit somebody, but but. While leaving, this? can How I just say this? this
1: far into the episode we get the reveal about the romantic backstory? Yeah. That is a well, total hold off credit. On can we, can
0: well, we, let me give you this real quick. Okay. Scully, when they're leaving, an ND can, can cause issues, the stress of being shot, the case, his personality. Scully admits to dating him for almost a year. He was an instructor. He was relentlessly determined. He could not relax. She believes in an ND that any of that experience could have an effect on him. Um, but probably not inhabited by Warren Dupree. I mean, it's a it's a reasonable assumption to go through something like that. You don't know how that's going to affect somebody's psyche, and that's just a constant reminder. That's just the, the you know this is the this is the X Files for the the formula. Mulder is is chasing what what ends up being the truth, and she's like, well, here's the here's what would make sense too, right?
1: Can I can I drop a listener comment in here? Please do. Another first, uh, this is Rachel Noble Fields. Another first season episode where the plot doesn't particularly do it for me, but the small glimpses of the, uh, I like the small glimpses of inside we get into the characters. Oh, the irony of Scully explaining that she dated the man who was intense, relentlessly determined, and couldn't relax. Does that sound familiar, <laughs> Dean? <laughs> Does that sound like anybody else we've seen this show? Yep. Yeah. Oh, boy. Could that be um, Mulder? Yeah, um, and it does set up uh, a little bit of a precedent of of Scully dating. You know, I don't know if you want to call them father figures, but older older men in positions of authority. Mm. This was their instructor.
0: Yep. We, how we how s- old? Is, how
1: what's their age difference supposed to be? I, we th- don't know, do we? Uh, we do, according to the glorious BP nine thousand. Um, oh shit. They give up they both have the same birthday and uh, oh, right that's right they give his birth year I think it's it see, doesn't it's, make sense I think it's only 8 years according to the birth years oh okay which is way wrong BP's in the he chat need, maybe. he
0: needs to see he needs he seems much older than that way older
1: and, and then later in the in the series we see her the um, in season 6 I think she mm. has this thing with um it's a ex um, I think it's her professor. I don't remember from that from, from medical school. And uh, professor, set,
0: so he's got to be way older.
1: He's like 20, 15, Oof. 20 years older. 20's um,
0: deep. 20's pushing it.
1: Yeah, this is only seven years, which really is not is nothing when you think of... Like, no, not at for, that age. For yeah. adults. No. Um, and, and also is nowhere near the actual difference of age of these actors, but... Got it. Um, also, Dana, oh. I think, is supposed to be older than Gillian Anderson is.
0: Prue says, finally, what's with Skull's attraction to older authoritative men, with the exception of Mulder, her two great relationships are a quantico instructor, eight to ten years, and a college professor, at least twenty her senior. Why does my girl have daddy oh, issues? There you go. <laughs> there you go.
1: Well, because because of her daddy. Mm-hmm. Star- yeah. Come on, Starbuck. You know, when you get
0: uh, as you get older, Ben, you might you might not mind so much. Trust me on that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, but I do like what I really like about this is so we just saw relatively recently, what two, three episodes ago, we had fire. Yes, sir. As soon as this fucking nutcase showed up, right, Phoebe Green, we yes. saw Mulder yeah. like being unhinged and being emotionally compromised, and we found out very he was quickly. A, he was a child, right? We found out very quickly there was a romantic backstory to it, and the kind of person that Mulder would be attracted to that would reveal that quickly. Here you have Scully, this prof- fucking professional. We already saw them literally in action together in the beginning of this episode, and then, you know, obviously we saw there was a close connection as she was involved in the ER and like desperate to save him. But it takes this long for it to come out that they had a romantic backstory, and that strikes me as so spot-on character that that happened before, that's gone. Scully's not going to let that affect her right now. Mm-hmm. That's, that's who she is, and that's the kind of person that she would be involved in. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. For, are you laughing because I'm talking about Mulder? No, you're <laughs> no, not I, talking about Mulder. No,
0: you're doing a great job. But because my brain works in a in, in tangential universe, and, and I apologize, it, it just made me think that this is such a chick thing to do. Here's the, here's the one stars. Oh, fuck. Right? Which just go back to. Clerk. I
1: already said hashtag me too. You got to do more?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Go back to clerks, Dante. You suck that guy's dick? Like, chicks don't just come out with it, right? They just chill. And then she's like, yeah, something like 37 in a row?
1: 36? Is that including me? It's up to and including you,
0: you asshole. (laughs) Anyway, I'm sorry. My brain, like, just wanted to blurt that out like some kind of fucking mental case. But no, that was, I was, uh, you're doing awesome.
1: Well, I'm done. That's it.
0: Did I fuck you up? I'm sorry,
1: man. <laughs> no, no, oh, I finished. Okay, okay good. <laughs> but that was uh that was it. I do like that how oh, they reveal it. <laughs> Where the fuck are we? Warren yes. Warren Let's slash Jack. What do you want to call him when he We want to just call him Jack? Just call him Jack. Jack's a cool name.
0: So Jack-, Jack goes to see Tommy.
1: Tommy. Hey, ooh.
0: Lula's brother and I'm about to drop a bomb on you guys. I'm ooh. sure the Great Mutadu knows this, but that's Callum Keith Rennie, also known as Leoban from Battlestar Galactica. One of my. Oh. Men. He's such my a. My God. Dude, how young does he look?
1: I knew that dude looked familiar and I didn't place him. I didn't check IMDb and holy shit. Fucking,
0: wow. His voice is very distinct to me. Um, so I think that's him and.
1: Th- that's only eight years apart, right? Something like that?
0: Yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you, I think him and. I think him and Ducoveney are buddies. Because oh. he was in Californication as well, because he's in X-Files a few times, and then he's in Californication as Lou Ashby, season two. Interesting. A great character in Californication. And I was like, are they buddies? Can somebody find out if Callum Keith Rennie and David Duchovny are pals? Because that <laughs> is a universe I want to live in.
1: <laughs> like with them? I mean, sure. Yeah.
0: They'd be like, oh, the, the Dean's here to cut the grass again. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just outside. <laughs> just being real weird. Man, you're cutting the grass real slow and looking in the windows, man. And, and like
1: everybody else that was ever involved in X-Files, he's also involved in Supernatural. Oh, shit. Dude, still have never seen that fucking thing. There you go. Man, every time. The, the talks, high that's still, love it. That's still going on now. Yeah,
0: it's a favorite. Pretty so boys, pretty boys hunting down vampires and shit. Yeah. Whatever,
1: whatever. So yeah, we see uh, Tommy Boy here. We we don't know in, uh, immediately.
0: No, we do not.
1: We've, we find out pretty quick is uh, Lulu's Lula Lula's brother. Lula, Lula. Is that the girl from uh, Fifth Element? Lula.
0: That's Lulu. L- l- Lulu. L- l- Lulu. Right. Lulu. Okay. This is going to uh, be all fucked up now.
1: Yeah. So he he, I like how he barges in. This is a, again like, I don't know. I, I don't think everybody loves his performance, but I like this dude. Lulu, um, Lulu.
0: It's Fifth Element. Lula. And this is here.
1: Lula. Okay.
0: Yeah. Lulu much more like sci-fi to me. Yeah. Sorry, I like to all it. the Lulus in the world.
1: I like Alport's performance here. I do. Like I like how he barges in. He's all aggressive and who's? Oh, he's great. And but like he clearly like knows his way around the place and. There's, the familiarity he has with Tommy that with Tommy, how he just goes over the beer and gets a fridge, how he like, <laughs> I gotcha, you, you like, know, like knows him, what he's going to do. Um, and he's not he's really, like, thanks for the 45 fuck face. And how he even like turns his back on him. you mm-hmm. like, is he being sloppy? And like, I just think he just knows that this guy is in a threat. He's not a killer. Right. Yeah. He knows it. And, and we, we confirm that later. Like this is a, he's a petty criminal, a couple fucking things, this and that he's, He's nobody. Like he knows this guy isn't killer. He just rolls in there, asks about Lula, and uh he says, I don't, don't know anything, man. Like I don't know, you turn on the TV, you might find something out. And uh sees her on the TV, mm. which Lou has those, does a little uh, does a little strokey stroke on the screen. Yeah, looks I like, thought
0: for sure that that Callum Keith sorry, that Tommy was going for a pistol under the mattress.
1: They make it look like that. Fuck I think that's. I
0: love him putting on the shoes. He's going to take off.
1: It just to build tension and how yeah, that's cool. And how uh, Jack's not even looking back as he's like ruffling around under the bed.
0: That's a you know that's a detail that that's a detail that did not become apparent to me until we're talking now, which is him just not even considering Tommy as a threat because they have this relationship already. He knows Tommy well.
1: Yeah, he's it, like cool. maybe he runs, maybe he tries to run. That's it. Mm-hmm. He's going to sit there and fucking stroke the fucking front of this TV as it shows his weathered girlfriend. Indeed. Looks a lot like me watching Emily Blunt movie, actually. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just uh, rewatched rewatched uh, Get as close Dance as you Ma- can to the TV? <laughs> um, <laughs> what, uh, die another... No, what the fuck? Live, die, repeat. Yeah. It's pretty <laughs> much like that. Nice. Um, what made you watch that again? Just m-
0: m- weird curiosity. Uh,
1: I... Why? Why did we watch it? Was it on a podcast or oh, just because? I don't know. It had come up for some reason. I mm-hmm. wanted to watch it again? I think you know what? I had already seen it, and Aaron had, and it was uh, who just covered it again? I think Feeling Film covered it. Oh, 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 yeah. I think. And you it, and you'd already covered it, and it I was like, oh, dude, you got to fucking watch this. And I I hadn't seen it until you guys did it. And I think that movie is way underrated. Yeah, it's awesome way underrated and underseen. Awesome movie. So Cool. Um, it just seemed like a random thing to rewatch, but it makes
0: sense. You're, you're t- tagging it to a podcast or something. Yeah. That's funny.
1: So Jack wheels <sighs> the gun around boy, and is yeah. like, you fucking sold this out. Sold it to the FBI. And uh, old, uh, old Tommy boy gives the last second recognition, says like Dupree, and then <clears throat> gunshot.
0: Um, this officer, I forget his name. Oh, dude. There's not a lot of resemblance left between the rats (laughs) and the 45 he took to the face.
1: I wanted this guy to be a recurring character so bad. Dude, he's fucking great. I love this guy. That's some shit cops say, man. (laughs) Dude, Agent Bruskin. Bruskin, yep. I love this dude. He's like chewing the gum all aggressively. Power power (laughs) stash. Our stash. Right, I am so pissed off. This guy was not in another episode because mm-hmm. he's great. And later on, when he, he defends Mulder,
0: yeah, all
1: you right, catch so, that. Yeah, yep,
0: yeah. Um, so here's a jump to conclusions, Matt. Moment, if I'm not mistaken, perhaps you have a different perspective. Uh, Tommy's not a reader. Was the TV on or off? Wait a second. <laughs> Wait a
1: second. Walter. <laughs> What?
0: Right, that was a little weird.
1: This, this yeah, I didn't, really, I didn't really understand even what he was asking.
0: The, he, like, did, he knew to dust the, the TV for
1: Prince. But, like, even if the TV was on, why would you, I know, think no, you I just dust it for Prince? It's like, weird. Yeah.
0: But one of the most awesome parts of the episode, up until this part of the episode, happens inexplicably, Jack arrives on the scene. Fucking this, love it.
1: Yeah, this is crazy. Even I was like, "Oh yeah," like when he showed up. But I remember, like that is a kind of jarring, like "Oh, holy shit!" Because up to this point, it, you're set up for like, okay, they're never seeing him again until there's like a confrontation at the end. It's you a, think, yeah, right? I it's, mean, it,
0: not just that, but it's a credit to to Allport because of the performance. You kind of just feel like he's Dupree because we never really meet Jack, do we? No. So it makes sense that us the viewer, we don't have the history with Jack. Jack's not been in multiple episodes who so are like, man, this is crazy, right? We just get it thrust upon us that he's gonna be Dupree this this entire episode, outside of a few moments of struggle when he's being coaxed later by Scully. But this was a this was cool because we go, Whoa, that's right. This is the fucking guy, man. He just he just shows up here. And I started to think about that from the character's perspective because I always thought the character's doing everything the character would do if he was just himself anyway. He has yet to take advantage or to just internalize the idea that I look like this other guy. Like, wait a minute. Like, that mind fuck, he's starting to get control of and he's making a conscious decision to use it to his advantage, and I love it.
1: I want to ask something. Do you think there is any part of Jack's consciousness which is driving him at this moment, or is this only Dupree?
0: That is a really good question. I I feel like Because
1: think about not just him showing up, the interaction with the police officer, but when Scully walks over and then pulls him outside and they have that conversation. Yep. There's some moments in there where I was like, "Huh?" When he's like, "I am so close. This is the biggest case 100%. The biggest career of my life." Like that like why would Dupree know that or say that or put it in that light?
0: Yeah, I think that's so because we never really learn how the rules of this work. As you as you said in the beginning, I, I'd like to believe there is a bit of a struggle there, and probably you're going to get. I think you're getting mostly Dupree, except when you get to f- things very familiar or passionate for Jack that can override it, like the case, or even like seeing Scully. I bet with some sort of pneumatic trigger for him pneumatic yeah. no not, not hydraulic or anything pneumonic <laughs> pneumonic, <trigger>. <laughs> pneumonic. <laughs> pneumatic yes that's what it was, dudes.
1: It was an air driven <laughs> it was a dirigible air-driven. type of
0: tangential top process with the prop plane idiot.
1: yeah, um. um, no, I like that, I think that's a good take i think I think it's mostly Dupree that's coming here, but I think there's moments of passion where I don't think. Jack takes over, but I think the words that he, he says are kind of influenced by, I by like Jack. I like
0: it. I like it. You know, a lot of time I considered that it was mostly Dupree, which made me start to think the longer the episode goes on and the more we know that Dupree has quite an agenda here, I start to think there has to be this moment where Dupree thinks... You know, if you're, if you're a, he's kind of a sociopath, he, I mean, clearly they murdered seven people and you almost get this, it, you almost get this national born killers feel from them. Like they get off on it. I think that's even mentioned. Yeah, totally. And, um, that, that obviously was fascinating to me, but I, but, but I started to think and it's hard to put yourself in that position because you can't, but I always would, would imagine, man, you, sh- that's the point where you take advantage of where you are and maybe lay low a little bit, but. I think part of it is that struggle that you're mentioning. Part of it is that those moments where, where Jack, Jack's personality, I'm um, Jack's smirking revenge. When Jack starts to manifest more in that, that struggle between the two personalities is probably what keeps him so close to everything. Instead of just yeah. being like, wow, I'm, I'm kind of getting away with one here. I want to lay low. But I also like the passion that Dupree has for Lula. It's so obvious He's really, really head over heels for her and there are moments where that really comes out in the performance and that's definitely a driving force for Dupree.
1: And that's one of the
0: cool things about the episode too.
1: There's a kind of crazy passion on both their parts. We get that multiple times about, from Scully's perspective, from Mulder listening to the tapes of of Jack, the agent. Those are great. um, About how literally emotionally invested he is in this case, in in the fucking suspects. Like he... That the audio tapes, it's borderline. Like you are like verging on obsessed with these fucking people. Indeed, um, and I think that's it's very interesting. Interesting from a story perspective. I think it makes the the X Files, you know, spooky part of this more interesting. It also helps to, I think, gloss over questionable story portions, like sure. effectively. Like so, we right here. The next thing we get to like Mulder goes talk to Jack, who's at the FBI shooting range. If you picture him as this amalgamation of like, all right, it's Dupree driving Jack's body, but with lingering traces of his consciousness and memories, it makes more sense to be like, okay, I, you're kind of like going through the motions of like, all right, there's a shooting. Okay, I can go down here and shoot. Like, Instead of just... Blindly wandering around FBI headquarters, looking for somewhere to shoot a gun, like he already has that in the back of his mind. It's he's kind of just like recalling a memory, but like he's the driving force consciously, but the memories and things he's some of that rote stuff he's falling sure. back on. Yeah, to I, I
0: wondered about that because you know in the beginning Mulder says it, and I think he's just and I think he's just being glib, but he says you know, two, two men died that day and one didn't. And that, that was almost like a precedent for like you're seeing Dupree the whole episode. But then there are moments where you just have doubt on that, where you're like, it can't be just Dupree pretending to do the Jack thing, right? You're know, like, think of it from almost like a full demonic possession, which is I have inhabited Josh's body. Cool. I now know what Josh knows and I'm still a demon and I can use his knowledge to my benefit I don't think it's that powerful. I definitely think they're struggling as we see at the end of the episode, but they trick you. It's kind of cool because Mulder says that kind of glibly, but as we see at the end, him grappling with Jack being there and responding to Scully, we know that by the end of the episode, that that's the case. And that's one of the cool things about the episode is that it's almost like, hmm, you know, I wonder if on a rewatch, we're thinking, wow, is this guy struggling with it as much? Because on my rewatch, I was thinking this is largely Dupree, but as we talk about it and some of the signs become obvious, I'm thinking, well, maybe not. Maybe there is that struggle there. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I might be reaching a little bit, but I, I, I think some of it's there, and I just think it makes it way more interesting if it is there.
0: Right. So yeah, for sure. So there.
1: <laughs> yeah, so there. So, it's, it, so it makes it better, so it's that. My story's better
0: than your story. <laughs> um, I like it, so I like how Scully relents on him. she's demanding that he gets a medical evaluation
1: right, or to go right. to the
0: hospital and he and she, she she has to bargain with him, but when she interacts with him, she's good, man, like you can tell there's an emotional history there, yep. and you can see it play out across her face and I she's like it it's good
1: professional in her appearance and her words, but her outcomes aren't always professional scully that we know the body language is a bit of a giveaway right well and, and yeah and some of the just like later on like when when Mulder really starts laying on the evidence scully appears very like scientific professional like she usually does but some of her conclusions are a little bit like mm, really like that's it that's how you're gonna wrap that up mm-hmm. you know
0: yep pistol
1: range uh, Yeah, that fake ass
0: gun pissed me off. Did you see it get jammed?
1: Oh, uh, yeah. What he's shooting?
0: Yeah, when he turns out of the lane, they actually have a real prop in his hand with the action locked back. But when you watch him shooting, you're like, "What is that fucking goofy fake gun he's using that gets a piece of brass stuck in the
1: ejection?" Is it probably because like the the I don't know the perspective they shot it from. Whatever. Well,
0: it's you can when you look at the barrel, the muzzle flash, like that's not blanks. Doesn't matter. But Mulder collects Jack's signature. Slick Scully's birthday. Double
1: slick. Double. Yeah, this is super
0: fucking double slick. slick. Yep. He's shooting left-handed, which of course we notice. Lefties notice lefties. It's a weird thing.
1: Totally. Every time.
0: Every time I'm like, but it's already been brought up. Yep. So a lot of
1: people might notice it. Um, Sure. When he Mulder brings this to Scully. And she's very defensive about it, right? She asked him, "Why?" You know, he's like, "Why can't you whatever?" And she's like, "Why can't you accept the fact this might not be an X file?" Mm. And granted, he, news to him. I love the way he says. <laughs> you've pointed out a couple, a couple leaps on his part, but right now he's putting together some pretty compelling evidence that, okay, maybe not necessarily the consciousness transferred. Maybe there is an evidence of that but there's certainly evidence that this man is compromised in some way
0: 100%. Regardless of what Scully thinks at this point, it's a it's it's here where they probably have to really pay attention to him. They really have to pay. You can't you you can say you can you can definitely say your cursive standard is thrown off by stress and maybe that's true and maybe Scully being Scully is resistant to the idea of psychic transference, right? but you have to admit that something is wrong and there needs to be action taken.
1: Hey, real quick, did anybody remember the fact that he cut those fucking fingers off that dude in the morgue?
0: Right. And and also, real quick, sometimes sometimes we forget and we judge episodes in a bubble, but there's 14 weird cases before this one.
1: Yeah, well, that doesn't work well for Scully because there's 200 more to come and she's right. still going to have to I, I understand, <laughs> <laughs>
0: but it begs the question, right? <laughs> yeah. But does stress really throw off somebody's personal standard to where it's not, like, it doesn't look like you just pulled a guy out of Bastogne and you're trying to have him sign and his hand's fucking rattling because he's so fucked up from artillery?
1: Well, and he's left-handed, and he fucking, like, so he changes his like hand perspective. He changes the handwriting. It looks good. It's not like, you know? Yeah. Forgot a birthday, cut a dude's fingers off in the morgue, disappeared for 12 hours, like, it's gone out of protocol. There's a, there are a million red flags that, okay. It's enough to take to Skinner and get his ass pulled, right? Yeah, dude. Get this guy off the fucking line. Right. And, you know, all right. But chalk it up to Scully being emotionally compromised. fair.
0: Without it being obvious, fair. Because she's not being
1: completely and
0: utterly... Un-Scully-like, but she she's is a cons- little bit.
1: <clears throat> she's defensive to Mulder, but she's also like more concerned and more forward to him, right? Because we see it right here, this next scene, right? We get into it. We see Jack at his desk. He gets a phone call. He starts rushing out. Scully catches up there. He's talking about this break he's got from the from the hotline, somebody that uh, recognized uh, Lula. And then she confronts him here, right? She, she didn't this is a good buy scene. it To Mulder, but she confronts him about the missing print, Mm -hmm. and his reaction is pretty weak.
0: Yeah, he says, "What are you implying?" Right,
1: and and it's a
0: great shot of.
1: I mean, are we dealing?
0: This is where I struggle with every scene. Are we dealing exclusively with Jack here? Like, the more I think about that, the more I start to get pulled in a million directions here.
1: Which I think is is probably the best thing this this episode has to offer is if you let yourself get pulled around by it, it's it's much more interesting than it's just, it's Dupree the whole time. That's not that interesting of an episode. If there's some sort of internal conflict, even if Dupree's usually in the driver's seat, but there's this, there are these urges and impulses and and memories and thoughts that are still kicking around his mind that makes his performance and this character and the whole thing much more like, cool to watch. For I sure.
0: Think. Yeah, and he looks so fucking disheveled.
1: Oh, yeah. The whole and there's time. A, the great lingering shot on her, like, after he gives yeah, that fucking half-assed excuse, and he leaves, and you just she knows. Holds. It. Yep, she's like, this is not good, but she's gonna go with him. Yeah. Are you coming? Uh Yeah, I'm coming.
0: Well, apparently, because we got a hotline thing here, we got a sighting on Lula at the Boyle Heights.
1: Yeah, sounds great. so, great
0: you remembered that these people killed seven, make it eight.
1: So here you got to think that Dupree's mostly in the driver's seat, right? When she asked about backup and he said he called it in, she's like, I he's lying. Yep. hundred percent. He's lying. Yep. Um, although we do, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting Scully like, like shitty, uh, we've seen Mulder and Scully do this a dozen times already. Like, Oh, there's trouble. We spotted her. There's a chase. Let's split up. <laughs> oh, this is her man, old instructor. It's is... where she got it from. <laughs> okay, Excellent. This is, this is it. That's good. We see the roots, baby.
0: That's the one.
1: <laughs> this is That's the, the one. Corner. This bitch
0: is doing the whites. And they <laughs> spot her at the end of the hallway. And she just dips out of there, runs down in this goddamn cellar of death. It looks like Dracula sleeps down here, right? <laughs> Yeah, And uh, they split up. And, and by the way, Jack Willis walking backwards. It's got to be Dupree. Yeah. He's yeah. walking backwards. I mean, shit. I'd be worried my lover's going to shoot me because I look like a fed.
1: Yeah, his, uh, yeah, that, that part is pretty, he's 100% aware, right? That he, he's not in his own body. Mm. And yet he really takes his time selling that when it comes to seeing other people. Yeah.
0: Dude, Scully beats this bitch down.
1: Right, (sighs) quick, and this bitch is no slouch.
0: No, I mean, It's not uh, her first rodeo. Scully, uh, Scully, Scully straddling that bitch's back, looking back. I was like,
1: "What's going on here?" And then he just
0: (laughs) puts the gun on. I was like, "God damn!"
1: Yeah, this is all all Dupree right here. Put the
0: cuffs on. We're about to do some weird shit. (laughs) Well, keep your stinking hands off me. What is it? Nineteen fifty-seven.
1: Keep your damn dirty <laughs> hands off me. <laughs> baby, you ain't gonna believe Robin. Uh over under how many times is the word baby spoken. Do you
0: know the exact number?
1: Nope. Um, I don't know.
0: I'm gonna say a solid six.
1: Mm, I would go with nine.
0: I like it. Um Well, they get to they get to a safe house and apparently they smashed Scully because she's bleeding and tied to a radiator.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she looks bad.
0: That looks hot. What
1: do you? <laughs> a little roughed up. What do you think about uh, Jack Slash Dupree's sales pitch to to Lula here? <sighs> this whole can I say the, it? Can
0: I can I read it to you?
1: It's a Red Hot Chili Peppers album called uh, Blood <laughs> Sugar Blood Sex, sex magic. Sugar Sex Magic, something <laughs> like that, and it's pretty much their wedding night.
0: <laughs> Blood Sugar Sex Magic.
1: Blood sugar, sucks. We
0: went down to the beach, I took out my buck knife, I sliced open my palm, and then I slid open yours, and we let the blood drip down to the water. This was so we can be married in all the oceans of the world. Then I made you a solemn oath to never take the string off my finger, ever.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I remember yeah. doing that when I was 16. <laughs> Probably not when I was thirty something.
1: <laughs> wow, <laughs> driving a sociopath.
0: I Guess it's funny. This is like, I mean, come on, stop it. <laughs> you're, try, you're trying to you're trying to go uh, Natural Born Killers. It's just not working.
1: It, wicked, dude. I thought Natural Born Killers too, <clears throat> but it's before it. Yeah, man, I like that. Yeah, it's before Heat too. Yeah, pretty wild. Yeah. Huh?
0: But anyway, makes no difference in the dark, baby. I mean, you're getting real sexually aggressive. You're real handsy with a woman that she doesn't, you don't look. I mean, what do you, you think that's it? (laughs) That's it. She's going to fucking spread them.
1: Makes no difference in the dark is not generally like the get (laughs) wet line. Yeah, That's not the get set, get wet line. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, I think.
0: It's all alphabet. It's all it's all Greek to me, baby. Zip. I don't know if that works either. But um, no. Let's talk about Bruskin. Love
1: oh yeah, dude. I love this guy. He looks like he him. could be in
0: Fleetwood Mac kind of.
1: <laughs> I miss him from the series already, and we're not even done with the episode. I but. know, man. Mulder and and, and Bruskin, uh, buskin leave the uh, busket. Bruskin put the
0: put the barrel <laughs> in the busket. Bruskin, I think,
1: right? <laughs> Bruskin. Mulder and Bruskin leave the apartment. They talk to the manager. Their car has been there for 12 hours. Mm-hmm. They got no word from them. Mm-hmm. They, but they ID'd them. They ID'd both of them. Mulder's like, no, it's not. It wasn't um, Willis. Right. And he's like, is, is this one of your X-Files things? And I like <laughs> Mulder here. Awesome. Where Because so many times we've seen Mulder like he has to cling to that out of principle. Like, he can't just, like, say, like, all right, whatever, let's just try this and I'm not going to get into my weird shit. Mm-hmm. He always has to, like, say, like, no, it is this fucking weird thing because he's, you know, he's a fucking crusader for that shit. Mm-hmm. But here, when it's, it's, it's a, He's very ego-driven, right? Right, but here he puts his fucking ego aside. He does. Because this doesn't is about It doesn't matter Scully. what I'm thinking. It doesn't matter what I'm, what I'm thinking. We're going for the same thing. Mm-hmm. And right after this, we're gonna get Bruskin kind of pay that respect back. I like it, right? Yeah. When that other when that other guy's like, oh, well, fucking, we're we looking for goddamn Sasquatch, whatever he says. Yeah. And Bruskin's like, you should fucking pay attention, Mulder. You might learn something.
0: Correct. How many serial killers have you arrested, bro?
1: Zero. <clears throat> yeah. Zip
0: all. Right. Well, they go so, back to. Uh, Oh yeah, well, he he, makes he the, gets the
1: call. He does a little, this a
0: little sexy role play here with Scully. He's got her chained up. He's fucking menacing her with a gun.
1: This is the uh, this is the old fucking Evil Dead cam. Yeah, dude. When when Scully's trying to get the fucking Jack out of him, <laughs> doesn't sound good. But you know what I mean. I got you. She asks Jack to try to remember. She doesn't even bring up the sex. Jeez. I guess it's network TV.
0: Ice fishing, snow.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Go do, do better.
0: Remember, you plowed me by the fucking wood stove <laughs>
1: do you and, then the,
0: and then the wood burned out and we froze. <laughs> you don't remember plowing me by the wood stove? Oh, I remember, Scully. Yay, remember. Jack's back. That was probably between. That was probably off camera. Yeah. To be fair. I think. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> you let me die. You let me die while you saved your friend or something like that. That's cool. That's Dupree.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I do. Like that crazy kind of moment. It's it's a little bit of exposition in a way, but I think in a a really good way where it's it's character driven and it's emotional and it's, it's good. Yeah, I like it. I like it. But he talks about seeing, you know, that other guy left and he watched himself die and then mm-hmm. he took advantage and he fucking crept back in there. Correct. So I like it. And then he pounds fucking twelve fanta's. And, and then- <laughs> <laughs> then,
0: and then, despite Double Op Buck's best efforts, it pales in comparison to the great murderer that is so. <laughs> I'm s- Wilford Brimley.
1: Oh, man, this
0: poor bastard. I, no, Die, I, beat us. I like Scully's realization here. Teary eyed, messy haired Scully.
1: Yeah, I love her concern here mm. because despite, despite it, it the fact, you know. Obviously, she knows that she can't deny that Jack is not himself, mm-hmm. that Dupree is probably in control, but she's still trying to find Jack in there. But then when this whole diabetes thing, she's concerned, even though she doesn't know exactly what's left of him, this, this vessel in front of her, which she thinks still contains something or she hopes she can bring her friend, her ex-lover back out of, is in mortal danger. Right? From a yeah. fucking diabetic coma. 100 impending, impending diabetic coma, I think, is what we, we get here.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's in a bad situation. He's been, he, he's, he's so physically, dude, not only are you a diabetic, I'm assuming he's probably like a type 1 born with it, I, I don't know, but regardless, you were shot with a 12 gauge, you're definitely not on your meds, you're redlining your ass, and you're just mm. pounding soda.
1: Hey, Bro. You're about to die. Yeah, not 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 the best, not the best combination of events. No, not at all. Was this uh, was this next part? Is this in one of your Mulder Mulder leaps here?
0: Um, let me see. Mulder reviews Willis' notes on Leland Dupree. He talks envies of admiring their ability to be consequence free. Talks of their operatic devotion to one another, a love affair that he envies. Move forward to Mulder mentioning the theft
1: of insulin. Uh... Then he gets the beep. Oh, that's
0: right. I was like, I don't have a lot of notes on this next part.
1: Drugstore robbed. Insulin, like 200 fucking cc's or whatever they say. That It wasn't that much, obviously. But some amount of insulin was taken. Um, and he's like, this has got to be Willis. Because he, he knows he's a diabetic. <clears throat> Right, and I—I I mean, that's not that. No, that's not that unreasonable to me. Okay, I, all right. I didn't know nah, that was that's fine. because I, I was going to kind of defend that one. No,
0: nope, I'm fine with that. Well, I mean, that's such an obvious. I mean, who robs a ton of insulin, especially if you know the main guy is a diabetic, probably doesn't know he's. Especially if you're in Mulder state of mind, which is you Dupree doesn't know. Yep. And then when he realizes it, he's going to panic and rob because that's what he does. He's a robber. It totally makes sense to me.
1: All right, I like. Yeah, I didn't write any
0: negative things here. Normally, if I'm like what, I write like what the fuck. I think we passed all mine, but I don't know. I'll tell you when we get there because at this point, it's full blown open. I think the two the two leaps I already mentioned at the beginning here.
1: All right. Anyway,
0: um, I like the way he does talk about them, though. I like I like that. I I thought that that was a cool insight into Jack. That's interesting. You know, we don't again. We don't really get to know Jack except what we know through what Scully says his obsession his relentlessness is doesn't want to right and I like yeah. that he talks of their operatic devotion to one another he's a, he's a romantic in a sense in that he admires their ability to be consequence free and he envies their love it's cool like that's that's a cool vulnerable thing for that guy to admit on, on tape yeah kind of neat
1: yeah it's interesting
0: want to talk Scully and Lula
1: yeah with well, Lula fucking puts a gun on going, Scully going uh, with the fucking Red Army faction beret on or whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's an interesting look. I think I feel um, like
0: maybe she parachuted down and was going to kill a bunch of school kids.
1: <laughs> she she gets straight up <laughs> like just straight up fucking bad guy. Like crazy level bad guy like here.
0: theater. Lo- she looks like the person that would be like the robber in a play.
1: <laughs> yes. Right? But, but put put like, bad guy props on her. But but yeah.
0: like a funny play. She'd be in clue. <laughs> sure. She definitely yeah. kills the cook or some shit, this lady.
1: Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The spaghetti yeah, she was the, terrible. Pulls Something the gun. Like Stop Scully from giving Jack the insulin. That's
0: so hardcore.
1: Ends up crushing on the floor and like just fucking guts him.
0: Guts him. Guts
1: him. Guts him. Fucking A, huh? Just like a woman.
0: I wrote Juliet Lewis, she is not. Um, <laughs> yeah. Are you flirting with me? She puts a <laughs> gun on you, yeah. and uh, and uh, reminds me of that he will die. So you say. But then that's, um, it wasn't my brother who set you up. You, Jack says, how do you think I got away so clean? The minute you stepped into that bank, I was out of there. I got the money and I got rid of you. At least I thought I did. Smash. Brutal.
1: Yeah. Brutal. Uh, call to the FBI little fucking center there. They, they're Tracing it, Lula asked for a million, a cool million, a cool million. Now you're kinda, talking. I'm, yeah, I'm talking, but I'm like, I'm also kind of questioning her competency. Like, it's not like competency
0: it. at all. This is total bullshit. She yeah, should be trying is, to flee.
1: Get the fuck out of there.
0: Get Leave the, fuck the FBI
1: agent chained up. Your you, boy's you, dead. Just walk. You technically, have two FBI agents in custody. Like, that's not federal ties you in the ass prison. Yeah, I mean, oh, just that- get out of there. Federal pound us in the prison if they take you alive, which is mm, highly unlikely. Yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah. So, a- at least she's using her cell phone. I like that.
0: Yep. Nowadays, like- your fucks filled with that, but
1: yeah, actually, at the time, the next couple scenes are some of the more like technologically accurate or at least feeling. Like without Oh being, yeah, dude.
0: The, the sound, I don't know what a Z one four filter is, but I love the sound shit. We'll talk about dude, that.
1: The I fucking right that. here, the they can't trace the cell phone at this time. I love that. Because they always used to trace cell phones when they couldn't. And then the next thing, this this audio shit, dude. It's I awesome. love this. Awesome. How they took a little time with it. Yeah. Yep. It was fucking wicked cool. Very cool. You know what it reminded me of? What's that? Sneakers. <sighs> of course. Yep. Of course. Still up on the page for Bounty. No no. Oh no, no, no. you fucking Is cunts. it? Yeah.
0: What the fuck? I thought it was paid. Been there for a million years. A million. <laughs> a
1: million That's years. It's crazy.
0: It's so many years. Well, <laughs> let's talk about Yeah, Lula needs to walk here, right? This is just dumb. She's a yeah, dumb she, person.
1: She's got yeah, she's uh she should know better. This is uh just Bonnie and Clyde like fucking self-destructive well, I mean, maybe it matches, you know, that self-destructive, like, just ride it to a, what do you call it? Maybe that? she a feels... shootout in a... Yeah, blaze, glorious, blaze of glory. Blaze of glory, I guess is the term I'm looking for. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you got to know at this point, you, you've accidentally found yourself essentially in possession of two FBI agents, neither of which you really kidnapped, but now you're... That's the situation you're going to be in. hmm Dude, fucking leave. Go. Get Let them there. sort out this fucking mess.
0: Bug out. Take off the yeah. beret.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: let's talk about the Z14 filter.
1: Z14. Yeah, take me through this. You're a fucking audio
0: audiophile. I guess. Put you at now. A little bit. Well, this is just awesome. They use a series of noise reduction on certain frequencies that they want to eliminate to highlight ones that might not be obvious when you are listening to the entire piece. And I like that. I like that they say, "Okay, let's take this out, turn that up, take this out, turn that up." This shit's hard to do, even now, um, but it's definitely possible. You know, you can you can go in and pick frequencies, which is kind of what they're saying. And you can pick, you know, you can pick a, a Hertz range and a certain decibel level, and, and just look at that and mute that, and then mute another piece, and then mute another piece, and just get the thing you want to hear, which is so cool. Now here is where Mulder kicks ass. I love yeah. the shit out of Mulder here. I love the plane. I love the, the three square miles. But but that's what he says. It's a small is that a small plane taking off? Cool. That now it's taking off. Oh okay cool. So that means they're lifting off off of a runway. Great. Let's think about runways in relation to this location. Super. It can only be these ones. Great. This is this is real life police work.
1: Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. This is this whole this whole section here. Is some of the most actual yeah. FBI agent-ish we've, at this point, we've seen fucking Mulder being. Addition by subtraction. Pretty cool.
0: <laughs> 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 Right? They're taking shit Jesus out to get Christ. shit. There
1: you go. Yeah. <laughs> you're talking about uh, <laughs> no Scully makes it better? <laughs> oh, bullshit.
0: Yeah. Well, briefing. Mulder breaks it down.
1: Um, the math here. It's not right. Math doesn't work. Doesn't Uh, quite work. Pointed out in the live chat, I believe, or not the live chat, Mm -hmm. Facebook, um, as he says, for those of you who remember ninth grade math. Rachel Noble
0: Fields points this out.
1: Mulder says, for those of you who remember ninth grade math, uh, 30 households per man per hour, 100 law enforcement officers should be able to cover 3,000 households in one hour, not three but whatever. It's just funny cuz he makes like a condescending math joke about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, hilarious. <clears throat> Whoops. But uh but yeah, so it's cool works. that he lays it out. Like I I already mentioned I love Broskin backing up Mulder here. And then Mulder fucking getting out there and just laying it down and I like he has like that at the end of it like a pause and like no nonsense. Know, but he pauses at the end after he lays out like very clear like this is mm. how we're going to fucking do it. Boom, 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 you know, Bruskin's gonna give you up the quadrants. We're gonna get out there. We get three hours, and then he kind of pauses and he's like, "You know, if you don't all know, no, this one's personal for me. So do it right." And he kind of like, he doesn't choke up, but he kind of, it's good, it's a good little like subtle moment for Duchovny here, I think.
0: And I also think it's realistic the way every officer stands up and they get to work.
1: Yeah, they can yep. see it right. on his
0: face. They know they don't need to bust his balls right now. They know he's competent deep down inside. It's just fun to break balls, right?
1: Yeah, but at this point, it's like, all right, not ball breaking time. We got a, we got an agent. We got one of our own out there. Absolutely. Yep. <clears throat> um, then we get back to these. This is our Jack, Dupree, internal battle, Scully kind of trying to coax... Cokes out moment.
0: Yeah. Do you, do you, like, do you
1: like this whole thing?
0: Um, let me see. Um, yeah, I like it except for the when we see what's-his-name's face.
1: Oh, the one moment. Yeah. when. Uh, so yeah. let me
0: see if I got my notes here. He remembers I had to wrap you in a blanket when the wood ran out. <laughs> um, Jack starts fading. Scully prompts him to keep him talking. I like that. She doesn't want him to pass out from the hyper... Glycemic response. She doesn't want him to crash into a diabetic coma, of course. Um, Jack appears as Dupree for a moment, which I didn't love. I wrote, maybe it's a hallucination from the trauma from her. I don't know, whatever. But um, Jack falls out. There's a knock on the door, Right. And then we had the fucking Jehovah undercover brother, dude,
1: this, brother Quinn. This guy rules. Undercover brother. The
0: fact that he talks into the crucifix as a communicator is the most <laughs> vampire hunting shit of all time. <laughs> yeah, we got two. We got two vampires. Make that three vampires. Two ghouls up here. <laughs> so I fucking, fucking missed that. So sick, dude. Oh shit! I missed um, that. She turns him away, but he notes uh, that the target has uh, target sighted. Uh, Lula comes back in the room, Scully talks, tells her that Jack is dead, and that it's all her fault, basically. So, yeah, I mean, I like that she's still trying to talk to him. It makes sense. She's trying to keep him awake. She doesn't want him to succumb to the, to the coma, to the crash. Well,
1: I meant more like him, how he responds. Like, he does, <clears throat> he responds to it, he's asking her about it. Like, did you no, like- No, I remember
0: I to rap, him saying it.
1: And then and then like Dupree like comes in over the top. Like it's this whole kind of internal struggle. I don't know if you like that I or do. If you Yeah.
0: Yeah. I just don't like the manifestation of Dupree.
1: I don't either. You know what it reminded me of another moment I don't like uh Donnie Faster when they oh. see when she sees him as yeah, we talked a about fucking that, demon. We? Yeah. I don't I, I like I don't like that visually represented on screen. Me I neither. like it.
0: Just, that's that's that feels like studio fuckery to me, like a little fox sauce,
1: fox sauce, yeah.
0: Um, but I like it. I like. I mean, this guy's going into a diabetic coma. He's he's looking at a potential fatal situation. It would make sense, and I think under the sh- stress and trauma of this, to kind of be listing back and forth to oscillate between the two personalities in this moment. Right, makes and, total and like, sense to
1: me. And I like that it's still kind of. Unclear. Like, is he just kind of cueing off the shit that Scully already said, but some of it's landing? Like, he's just. I, I like when they keep it a little bit vague. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Yeah. Um. And then I like the fake out Me but he's too. not really dead. Love and this. This fucking whole moment. Awesome. Of oh, dude, when
0: good. he snatches that shit out of her waistband. <laughs> <laughs> You're fucked, lady. You are why I came. I mean, this is heartbreaking, kind of. Yeah, and I know this it's is, a little uh, melodramatic, but. I like that. I like that. You know, I came back for you. Like, dude, you could have just lived your life. You could have been a violent crimes man with the FBI, played your cards right and stopped being a fuck stick. You could have probably plowed Scully again. You don't know. Get a couple of drinks going. Oh, crazy. You don't know. Right? And But no, you go after this fucking dummy and, yeah. um, you know, Lula crawls over to him when he gets the gun and, She's like, oh, no, here, take the ring back. She's desperate at this point.
1: Um, he's- so, meanwhile, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but I got to get back to something you said earlier in the episode. Go for it. When I was talking about some of the tactical problems with our opening scene, Oof. you said something about later as well.
0: I meant in the basement between, oh, with Scully.
1: Okay, because I got to say, dude. Not bad. This is the best tactical execution. Hey, you know what? Scully's the fuck up.
0: Scully's the fuck up.
1: Because she learned it from this dick bag. You take her out of the picture, Mulder's a fucking regular Rommel out there. He's fucking putting up sharpshooters. He's covering every angle. We got fucking people undercover. We got tack teams moving in from concealed positions.
0: Wait a second. It's Covered. all connected, Josh. You just <laughs> referred to him as Rommel. His name is Fox. Oh, the oh, desert. Oh, it's all connected.
1: The f- desert Mulder.
0: the federal fox.
1: <laughs> nice. Jesus Christ! I'm this gonna is hang myself for that joke. Um, <laughs> this is the best tactics you see in season one.
0: Easily, season one. yeah, yeah. I was definitely referring to Mold to 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 Jack and uh, and uh, her going Let's into get, the basement yeah. and saying, "Let's split up."
1: Yeah, I gotcha. And I walking
0: gotcha. backwards. But um, there's moments in this where I'm like, "Wow, they're really holding guns. Like they're, they're holding really them." Holding- Like with their shoulder on them and stuff,
1: and like moving like in front of each other and not fucking flagging each other, right? And the angles kind of work out, and they're moving up from like the side of the house that has all boarded windows. Sure. Oh shit!
0: They take cover. That's a that's a novel concept. Yeah, they're all pretending they could get shot in this moment.
1: (laughs) Pretty much. ironically, doesn't matter because bad guys just kill each other inside. But (laughs) I know. (laughs) <laughs> it looks
0: cool. You wanted to see an element come in and just sweep that room out.
1: But I kind of did. Like, at yeah. this point, I'm like, well, they might do this. And he's like, nah, I'm just going to shoot you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Scully pleads with him not to. Yeah. The the pleading back and forth, like Lula's, Lula, Lula. Christ, Lula's pathetic pleading, mm-hmm. like where she's just trying for her life, but Scully's pleading. Really genuine, right? Yeah, for really sure. genuine, um, and it's all for naught. Yeah, fucking Jack I got a shoots for her. You. Yeah,
0: is Jack or Dupree that shoots her?
1: I think it's Dupree. Me too.
0: Do you know but why I, I think it's Dupree? But you
1: know what? But I think they're in a way both pulling that trigger. But I think I think Jack is the one. I'm sorry, Dupree is the one that is talking.
0: You, me too. Do you know why? Because he kisses her when he shoots her. That's such a oh. bad guy move.
1: <laughs>
0: like the make out and then oh.
1: Like kind Sin City shit. Kind of vampire, sexy, weird shit. Yeah, it's weird. I like
0: yeah. it. Well, you also got Scully chained up to the radiator.
1: <laughs> what is that from? <laughs> I like it when they mix up the sexuality and the violence. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, uh, epilogue here.
0: Mm, Aftermath.
1: Mulder's like, "Hey, here's a watch. It's got your name on it. I got off a dead guy. Good night."
0: Hey, thanks for being emotionally there, Mulder.
1: <laughs> hey, as I, I clean he, off
0: my dead ex's
1: <laughs> desk, <laughs> he, he he says good night twice in the same scene. Like he is just trying to get out of here. Yeah. Oh, he, does, he can't deal with this. He does call her Dana twice. That's that's like as much as he knows how to be like emotionally supportive. Correct. He's like, oh wait, I'll try the first name move. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he doesn't give much. I like that Scully's a little bit lost here, mm-hmm. right?
0: Yeah, a hug would have been nice.
1: Buddy. a Hug would have probably been nice.
0: What do I tell him? The official story: Lula got into a shit out of federal agents was killed. Checked on a line of duty. Must go to charging station. See you next week, Scully. <laughs> you fuck.
1: The watch <wharp> stopped at the moment of cardiac arrest. Mm. What does it mean? What, what I think he says whatever you want it to mean. Basically, yeah. <laughs> thanks. Moscow, <coughs> <laughs> pay for phone sex. <laughs> 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 he buzzes out of there. What a creep! <laughs> oh. Yeah.
0: Well. Well. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for all yeah. your help.
1: Anyway, uh, before we get to the final, uh, got a listener comment for you. Cool. From a, a Jesse Wheeler. Fucking this is the, Wheeler. Fucking Wheeler. This is the first episode I remember seeing. That's rough. I wasn't really into the show until season four, but occasionally I'd watch it with my dad, who was hooked from day one, if I had nothing better to do. I might have seen other episodes before, but Lazarus is the earliest one that left a definite impression on me. I think it was the tattoo magically appearing disappearing from the guy's arm. Mm. Jesse, I got questions. Are you, are you younger? Is that why you watched it later? Did you like the tattoo thing because we kind of shit on it? I don't know. I just think it was like... It's, it was interesting that like this is a relatively forgettable episode and for somebody to be like this is the first fucking episode i remember
0: which is probably why she didn't get into it to season four
1: <laughs> she's like I'll, I'll check back in a few years <laughs> i'm gonna uh, call me when you work it out you know my dad my dad's a dumbass. call me when you this. get a
0: license and you know you're working
1: <laughs> and we'll figure it out kind of thing yeah that's hilarious like well
0: we already uh i think we got through a lot of these other ones but um I would like to. Uh, I, <laughs> Rachel Noblefields. We already quoted her earlier, but another first season episode where the plot doesn't particularly do it for me, but I like the small glimpses of insight we get into the characters. Oh, the irony of Scully explaining that she dated a man who was intense, relentless, determined, criminal actor. He said that one. Danny Falch. Do you want to read this yeah. one? Because this one's fucking funny.
1: Hey, everybody. let's do the AIDS episode next. <laughs> and next week, hella blood-soaked sheets, no face-covering, short sleeves, and badly thick gloves. This will go great. <laughs> uh, question: Does Bethesda Naval Hospital even have an ER? Don't think they get wounded from other military hospitals. Uh, long-term. Treatment. Don't they get wounded from other military hospitals for long-term treatment? What do I know? I'm just a damn civvy. <laughs> uh-huh. um, I don't know. The only I I've been to Bethesda, and it was always for people that were like on the long term like back from overseas injuries and eventually get back there but then again it's also a major naval hospital near a major base so they probably have an ER I don't know why the fuck uh, an FBI agent wouldn't end up there yeah I don't know whatever uh right, final thoughts buddy
0: Lazarus is a pretty good episode um you know, there's a lot to like in it. And for some reason, I just struggle with pinning down why. And, and part of me really believes that it has to do with Jack Willis' character. It's not that he's a bad character. He's just not an overly memorable character. Um, and, and, and he gets a lot of screen time. I think I think that's part of why this episode might not just be wow to me. Do you know what I'm saying? It's also one of those things where the X file in question almost becomes a bit irrelevant because it's uncovered rather quickly. And it becomes an emotional sort of arc that has to be completed at the end and not necessarily the solving or the resolution of an X file. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but if I had to, if I had to hit it with my scale, I would say I like this episode well enough.
1: All right. Um I came out higher than I expected. And and maybe I'm I was trying hard. I I, 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 I get think that. I was trying harder in our conversation, but I think it was because when watching it, I was more into it than I expected. That's you cool. know, it came up and I'm like I remember this like okay, cool, yeah. And then there was a couple moments that I was like, "Huh, I hadn't thought about this before." Like, "Oh, I wonder if this." And like maybe it just got me thinking because it was kind of one of those halfway remembered episodes. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely, it's right down the pipe and like, I liked it, you know, never, not even close to I loved it, but not really close to I didn't like it either. Um, there's a lot of good stuff from Scully here. There's some, and again, this is I think different than some of our previous like, this is a Scully episode, this is a Mulder episode. Usually, you only really get much enjoyable out of one of them. That's kind of the the point of it. Not like you don't enjoy what's going on with the other ones, but this is a Scully episode and her character development is really good here. And I really like that a lot, but I really fucking enjoyed watching Mulder, like being a good FBI agent, like that whole part after she's abducted, um, you see some pretty cool shit there. Um, and I, like I said, I kind of waxed on about it a bit, but I enjoyed the, the thought of, I exactly, how does this thing work? Because as you said, there's no m- mystery to the essence of what's happening about the X-Files episode, right? It's kind of like fire, yep, right? You're right. Right right from the beginning, like, this has happened, okay. It, it's a, maybe a little bit of a better reveal than that. There is a little bit like uh, the pre-credit sequence and then right. him him coming out and, like, going around the hospital but pretty quick, you know, like, all right, this dude's spirit is in this guy's body. But I I like thinking about it in terms of, Mm, is there a little bit of a conflict going in on there and if you watch it again with that perspective it might be a little bit more interesting if you're listening and haven't watched it for a while. I would agree so. with
0: that premise I would agree with that premise for sure and I think that's a fair, I think that's a fair shake for it. what you're saying right there um, yeah like, to, to reiterate it's, it's the, it, the X-File was less intriguing than what they leaned on which was the emotional arc right for a yeah. character we don't necessarily care about because he's new but I, would, I will definitely say you're onto something if you think of it more from a struggle perspective. Because if you think about it as just you pre the whole time, which I actually kind of did, it makes it a little less interesting. So that's yeah. for sure a fair thing.
1: What do we got next week? All right. Next time we're coming at you with uh, Young at Heart. Yeah. This is a, this is a cool one. Is that I right? don't remember, I remember
0: it at all, dude. No. Totally don't. Um, IMDb says a criminal believed to have died in prison years earlier wages a vendetta against Mulder. Um, I'm going to have to look at the images presented on IMDb um, to see if I can remember what happens. But the images are are look intriguing, and I don't. There's an image of the guy in court with the cuffs on that I remember, but I'm really struggling to remember this episode at all, dude. So that's Thanks. exciting as fuck to me.
1: All right, hell yeah. There's so, going to be, I think, I think I'm, I'm suspecting, i I'm know for myself. There's going to be a couple in the in the last uh, quarter we get into here that are kind of not blind spots, but like a little bit fuzzier memories for me. And then there's a few that I'm really looking forward to. Hell yeah! So,
0: sounds good, man. Yeah. I'm looking forward to. I I think if, I, if I'm trying to remember, I I really am interested in watching Miracle Man again. I don't know if it's good. But I love I love Southern Charlatans. I just love oh. that whole flavor.
1: Dude, I it's fucking, it. yeah. I hope
0: it's good. Don't say anything. Don't spoil it. <laughs> I'm like, I want to watch it again so bad. So it's a couple of, I know there's an EBE and a couple of those between now and then, but I'm looking forward to it. And yep. uh, so, yeah, well, well, thank you guys very much for tuning in. Before I tell Josh to send us off, I will say, please visit us on the web at net. And subscribe to the episode on whatever podcasting app you choose. If you look in the show notes, you'll see quick button pushes to subscribe. If this is your first time hearing us, do us a favor. Subscribe to the podcast. If you decide you don't like us down the line, you can unsubscribe. Subscriptions help us in the rankings on iTunes much more than reviews. Um, That said, I really appreciate uh, you guys listening and tuning in every week. We don't express our gratitude to you enough uh, a lot of you a lot of the silent majority as it were that don't write in or don't go into the facebook group um i totally respect that and thank you for listening when you do even if we never hear from you you guys rock
1: josh tell these good people goodbye never forget that time we plowed in the snow